0: Hi friends! Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church.
1: We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here.
0: We are so glad that you've joined us for our second episode of our Easter series here on Encouraged and Equipped. Today we're focusing on Lament.
1: While you're listening
0: to the conversation,
1: we would love for you to access our Easter devotional guide. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can scroll down to the show notes and the devotional guide will be right there. And if you're joining us on YouTube, you can click the link in the description and that will pull up our devotional guide PDF.
0: In today's episode, Bethany Toland and Carrie Utley joined Camille to talk about lament. Here's their conversation.
1: Hi, and welcome to Encourage and Equipped. I'm Camille. I'm here with two friends today. I've got Bethany Toland and Carrie Etley. And truth be told, they are great friends, and I have had the distinct honor of getting to know them and their friendship. And today we're going to talk about lament. Um, We are um, doing our Easter kind of Advent preparatory, getting our hearts ready to worship for Easter. And... um, We wanted to take a a few minutes to talk about what lament is, where it is in the Easter story, and why it is important for us as people who believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again from the grave, um, why lament is important. So before we dig into that heavy and weighty topic, (laughs) um, I'd love for you to get to know Carrie and Bethany a little bit. So what is something small that's brought you joy recently? It's funny. Um, <clears throat>
2: it's this. <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> the <wouldn't>, podcast,
2: Carrie? <laughs> you wouldn't think I was, uh, yeah, not wanting to do the podcast for a little while, but um, actually getting to just sit with friends and talk about deep things is one of my favorite things, and I don't mm. get to do it very much, just yeah. raising. Three little ones at home. Y'all don't having, talk about lament at your no, you. No, know, no, we <laughs> can just happen. We cry a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not true lament. I don't for yeah. <laughs> very small things. Um, but just getting to sit with you guys, sit with friends and be together and talk about things like this is a very odd joy. <laughs> I'm really like, kind of smiling about it right now. Good.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's super encouraging. Bethany, hmm. <laughs> what about you? Something small has brought you joy.
3: Yeah, I could mirror that. Actually, I was thinking this is overwhelming to process, and I felt like for well before this podcast, God's been laying it on my heart to to think further about lament, and um, I think I I put it off a bit. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily intentionally, but life keeps happening, and so when this happened, it caused me to stop and. You know, read the books and the scriptures that I'd been intending to read and pray about it. And it's been really beautiful, like you mm-hmm. said, to see. It's just shown me so much of God's heart. It's show, it's reminded me of um, His tender heart towards us, Given me time to just stop and process and think. And then last night, there was this amazing sunset. I'm not sure if you it saw it. It was beautiful. Yeah. I was it just was sitting so outside, gorgeous. and the sky was crazy. I mean, just red and huge clouds. And it just reminded me in that moment as i was thinking okay here we go um mm-hmm. let's talk about lamenter let's try to process it it just reminded me of god's um presence you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah just his beauty so
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was a good one i i got home and i we were at the baseball field and i saw the sky and i was like this is i mean I felt a little bit out of place. Like, that is so beautiful. I couldn't, I could not believe it. And I got home and I got like four text messages from different people with pictures of the sunset. They're like, did you see this? (laughs) It was next level.
3: Yeah. I was was on Trinity Trail and I saw so many people just standing there, not moving, just taking pictures, Mm. but also just watching it, which was really cool. It was just, yeah, that good. So
1: yeah. That's definitely not a small thing, but it is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Brought a lot of people joy. Well, good. Well, let's talk about lament. (laughs) <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know if um, any of you listening are like me but um, lament is not something I usually think about in my day-to-day life and so I love to know um, what is lament? What does it mean? What is it? Um, it's kind of a heavy word so if you can give us some words on what it is that would be wonderful. Um,
2: so I'm. I have to say Uh, that I'm not an expert on this. And so the words coming out of my mouth are just mine. Like Mm -hmm. it's not expert level or theologically like profound, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but to me, um, just in my own life limit is bringing my cares and my sorrows and my complaints sometimes before God in just the most raw and real way that I can. Um, And just laying it at his feet and saying, I don't know what to do with this, or I don't want this, Mm. or what do I do with this? Mm. Um, And naturally, I don't like talking or thinking about negative emotions very much. So it's not something that um, I do as willingly as maybe I should, Mm. but... um, I feel like the end goal of lament is always just to feel closer to God and be reminded of his love for me and that he is capable of taking those hard things and doing whatever he wants with them, whether Mm. it's taking them away or using them or just helping me through them. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, That is, I love that you brought it back to that, the end goal of it being Mm. that closeness with the Lord, Um, because I think we could get lost in lament if we didn't have that in mind, mm-hmm. um, and it could seem purposeless, but it's certainly not purposeless.
3: Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
1: Bethany, did you have anything
3: about lament you wanted to add? I love what she covered actually. Um, and I think something to me it's in the past with lament, like, like Carrie was saying, where you feel like you come to this place where you're pouring your heart out before God and maybe really grieving mm-hmm. the really hard emotions. Um, I think in the past, I have felt kind of shame over that, or not shame, but God, this must be so annoying to have Mm. your followers, the ones that you've poured your life out for, you know, come before you again with these struggles. But through studying Lament, I've realized that God's Spirit is gentle and lowly and compassionate towards us when we grieve. And it says, you know, to pour all of our cares before Him. So I've been reminded, that's why you said it's been a simple pleasure, not that simple, really, that that God cares and that we're called to do to, um, to limit and to just, um, I think it can reflect on our difficult circumstances that are our own or in the world around us, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, horrible atrocities happening, things in our nation. And then, um, also it could be effects of other sin towards us or our own sinful choices. There's just so many areas, um, And then I think with a reminder, like you said, that Carrie said, just it's helpful for me to know that the angle of lament is not only to complain and be raw, which is, I think, huge, but it's to turn us to God, You know, give voice to our hard questions, help us to pray boldly, and ultimately, it's supposed to build us in our trust towards God. So it's um, the opposite of being silent or distant from Him, but instead, um, laying ourselves at His feet.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think um something that comes to mind when I think about this is <clears throat> the idea that David when he was talking about like the fact that his bones were wasting away yeah. mm-hmm. um in Psalms because because he had kept silent. Yeah. And when he opened his mouth and spoke to the Lord and poured himself out like that was him crying out and that was the that was the the balm to soothe the soul yeah, was to actually speak the words that he knew he needed to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, So I, I love that. Um, we're going to talk, I think, in depth about this, but um, where have you seen lament either in scripture or as part of the Easter story as we're preparing for Easter?
3: Something that stood out to me is that the Psalms um, was kind of their songbook. They were songs that they would Sing together at gatherings, mm-hmm. like we would at church, and a third and some people will say up to a half but um, of psalms are laments
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, there's a certain formula to them or not a formula, but a way where they re- where they pour their hearts out, but then they speak about who God is in mm-hmm. the midst of that, even if it's unresolved but um that stands out to me that when it's hard to even know how do I pray, lament that There is laments for loneliness and grief and loss Mm -hmm. and persecution Mm -hmm. and sickness. So um, that's one area, lament is. Mm -hmm. Carrie, do you want... There's a lot of them, but do you have any? There's a
2: lot of them. We were surprised when we started looking Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. the Bible and I was like, oh, it's everywhere, kind of. (laughs) There's a lot. We live in a broken world and we're broken people. And I think... Lament is just one of those natural things that can come of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe not natural in our culture, but natural in the Bible. It it comes a lot out. Um, I saw one place in James where he... I never underline these usually because they're negative. (laughs) I want the happy Bible verses (laughs) underlined in my Bible. (laughs) But this one, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. Mm. It, to me, is a great picture of lament because it's when you do this, when you're willing to be humble and be real with God in these hard things, then He will exalt you and He will lift you back up from that. But it's not you trying to do it yourself or just saying, this is so silly. Why am I crying over this again? Or why do I feel bad about this? Or why do I just feel restless in my soul? But just giving it to Him and letting yourself go there and feel that, which like I said, is not a culturally acceptable thing usually. We're Mm -hmm. we're not encouraged to do that, um, to feel even sadness or or grief sometimes, but we're instructed and and encouraged to do it um, through God's Word just to To feel it, I mean, Job is all lament. I mean, lamentations. Mm, Yep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) lament, and it shows us, you know, individual lament, corporal lament. You know, like, yeah, weeping for a nation or weeping for yourself or lamenting over others or yourself. So, Mm -hmm. I think there's so many examples in the Bible, and the biggest one probably is the Easter story. Mm -hmm. Like I how do you even go there how do you go to the crucifixion without just being absolutely broken hearted yeah. and like on the floor lamenting over what jesus had to go through for us mm-hmm. like it's just um the most lament i think of the people his you know his disciples and his mom and mm-hmm. you know just the the women that were around him and the pain um that they felt when they watched him die and saw their Savior taken down from a cross. I think it's just the most heart-wrenching, um, like guttural feeling to think of how they felt and how it makes me feel that my sin is what put him there and. I can't really feel the joy of Easter morning if I don't let myself feel the lament of the crucifixion. And I feel like that's in the Easter story, that's where I have to go first. I have to be willing to see myself for what I am and see my own nature of how I run from God and how I forget God and how I just choose other things above Him Mm. Um, and then... Repent and lament over that before I can truly be joyful and be so thankful for what he did and rose again. Yeah. And then we're in that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful example. Go ahead, Bethany. Yeah.
3: I think of, I mean, how in the Bible it said David wept, Jeremiah wept, Mm -hmm. um, Job wept, Jesus wept. I think every huge Bible character you see. Lament, and that doesn't mean that they stayed there. It even said Jesus was a man of sorrows. Mm-hmm. But we also saw him as joyful and living life and breaking bread with his disciples. It's not just one or the other, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. I guess that was before this conversation, wasn't it?
1: That it can be, um, <laughs> okay. mm-hmm.
3: it can be two things at once. Um, and so, yeah, I was thinking of that. That all of these things being in the Bible, so much space being given to lament and the raw human emotion um, that eventually t- turns to surrender and trust in God, I mean, I think it's telling us something, you know, that this is this is important. And even Jesus, um, many times in His ministry and in huge transitions, He lamented, and He lamented the Psalms, which partly is prophetic and mm. fulfilling of prophecy, but also... He was lamenting the Psalms, even on the cross. So when he said, um, you know, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, That's something that David prayed in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Or when he was in the garden and he um, was just so weary. He was weary and he was just praying. And it said, sweating like drops like blood, lamenting to that level. And it said that there, he said, you know, If this cup can pass from me, um, I'm not saying it right. I'm not actually looking at, but essentially, if you can take this cup from me, please do. But Mm -hmm. Father, if it's your will, then I lay myself down. That's a lament. You know, that's, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: this is so hard, you know, and still I feel forsaken, even though he was Jesus on the cross more than anybody knew Mm. and was convinced that this is worth it and this is why I'm here. And even then he lamented this is still how I feel yeah so um, I just think that even that on the cross reminds us that that was Jesus so lament is not an absence of trust but it's a it's like a Christian response in mm-hmm. of um, it's kind of matching the with the pain and the grief that we're feeling and we see in this world and in this life with what we know to be true about God mm-hmm And um, just wrestling with that. And so, yeah, yeah, like you said, to lament our own sins and our need and to look at that honestly, and then to see that Jesus was lamenting up to his final words, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, pretty beautiful to reflect on at Easter time.
1: Mm -hmm. We've been um, reading through um, Matthew and trying to get ready for Easter, like as a family, and... Something I was thinking about was the fact that like Jesus was on his way to celebrate Passover. And mm-hmm. so kids have been learning about Passover and children's ministry for a while, and they've been learning about the Israelites and their responses to God. But I was thinking about how like the Israelites' story and how they were in captivity. And at one point, like because we had the Passover, um, there was an opportunity for Pharaoh to respond in a positive way to what the Lord was telling him through Moses, mm-hmm. and he chose not to. And I was thinking specifically about lament because I knew we were going to be talking about this and how lament will come. And it, we have the choice to lament well and in a way that you were talking about demonstrates a trust with the Lord, or to lament in a way that is without hope. Mm-hmm. And because when Pharaoh's son was killed, I mean that's a lament without hope because he didn't trust the Lord. Uh-huh. Um, and how empty it can be when we face um, a God who is sovereign and wants to hear that when we don't know Him. That is a terrifying experience for somebody. But knowing the fact that in that moment God knew what He was going to do to redeem His people and the fact that they got to walk free and in freedom and lament those years that they were enslaved— but with the idea that they were have they would have a Messiah, I think is incredible mm. that God knew that and wants to hear those laments. Um, I'd love to know when um, a time in your life when you knew you needed to lament. Um, how did you know you were ready to lament? What did it look like for you? Um, I don't know that. Anybody has like walked into lament willingly the first time and been like, I feel <laughs> confident that I am doing this well. But um, when is a time when you have
2: lamented? Um, I told, yeah, I did not know that it was lament that I needed, but I think when I had little ones, when well, when my little ones were smaller, <laughs> I was gonna say you have, have little ones; little ones. <laughs> they're just bigger little ones. Um, when they were really little and I felt in the trenches, um, I just found myself in a state of unrest Mm -hmm. and I couldn't really put my finger on what it was. And I read books on rest and I slept, I tried to sleep as much as I could and tried to take care of myself, you know, do all the things that people tell young moms to do. I just felt restless. Yeah. Um, and I eventually reached out to Soul Care and did a program called Thrive, and it led me through realizing that my entire Christian life up to that point had been very surface level. Mm. I did the things. I checked the boxes. I went to church and read the Bible, and I really did trust God, and I loved Jesus, all the things, but lament was missing. Mm. I... When I asked forgiveness for my sins, which I did, I didn't let myself truly go to a place to feel or confess to others what I had actually done. Mm. I was so ashamed of some of my past that I just kept it kind of bottled inside. And those are the things that were just unspoken, you know, mm-hmm. prayer requests or unspoken sins, you know? Right. Um but God doesn't really do that no <laughs> he doesn't really do unspoken mm-hmm. things. he loves it all out in the open and he is the the one who can take away our shame like actually remove it and so after being led through lament and and confessing my sins to a mentor um I actually did feel what people call rest <laughs> and mm-hmm. It was you know it seemed like this far off thing that I just never would never have, but like actual freedom mm-hmm. and joy and rest, and it helped me to do it with someone else so that I could kind of be led through it um, and it's just it's just one of those backwards things in Christian life where you wouldn't think that mm-hmm. saying all the horrible things you've done or or confessing sin or Weeping over my past would bring me joy. That seems too opposite. Right. But you know, God tells us to die to live, you know, to die to ourselves to live and and you know, to be crucified with him. And so some things just in our human minds don't make sense, but for some reason they glorify him. And he gets great joy and glory from mm-hmm. us being real and him being able to tell us, you know what, that's not too big for me. That's not too much for me to handle. The price of that sin isn't more than I paid on the cross already. And that's exactly what I needed to hear, to be able to have that freedom and to be able to be vulnerable with others, continuing on from there to say, you know what, I've done this and it doesn't hold shame anymore in my life. And if that's something that you've done too, then you can have forgiveness for that. Like it's not I just feel like shame doesn't hold a place in my life anymore, which mm. is incredible yeah. <laughs> because for 30 plus years, it wa- it was who I was, just mm. felt the shame of the world and of myself. And it's a big deal Yeah, to be able to go through the process of lament and have help from people who love me and then be free and let... Like I said, let God exalt me from that like him pull me out of it. And now I'm not like a complete full zen and restful mother (laughs) or anything like that. But I do, I feel so much rest from those things that were holding me back. And so I feel like lament can be very specific for certain areas of your life, but I never on my own, well, maybe eventually God would have led me to it eventually, but I feel like sometimes we need help in oh yeah and getting there. And Bethany was actually my leader in Thrive.
3: So she knows all about it. <laughs> we journeyed together. We I know. Did. <laughs> I'm smiling as you say that. Something that stands out to me is we think about repentance and I think that's kind of what you were talking about, just going through your life and thinking just through all the areas, really like um taking a hard look. And then protest, you know, where we know God's the only judge who can make a difference. Um, But then there's the imprecation. I think I've had this some. And that is from the Latin word meaning to call down evil. So, I mean, that's in the Bible where you see, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just, hey, God, these are areas I've sinned. But it's, to me, it's maybe human trafficking, for instance. Mm -hmm. That's a good example, right, of God, (laughs) get those people, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean. I would love for them to turn to you, but if not um, protect the protect the innocent, you yeah. know, come after them mm-hmm. and um and there's definitely a place for that in the Bible in a lot of mm-hmm. places, like come against this evil, yes, strong wording as you look at it, like you said, carrie, that's exactly what I thought is um. In the Bible, there's so many areas where I highlight, 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 and then there's just this chunk missing where it was, you know, probably. I read it, yeah. but, but I don't study it and then go on because what in the world? He, strong language he just, here. Yeah, yeah. i really. Um, it's not going to be
1: cross stitched on a yes. pillow, like
3: smite the people of the city. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, and um, and it makes people uncomfortable. I think, especially in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's so it's taken me so much to work my head through this because I'm i think I'm not a complainer. Pick mm-hmm. myself up, keep going. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so to me when I think of lament, I think, oh God, this must really feel it very annoying to you to listen to this. But I know you want to, you know. Mm-hmm. But instead saying this is holy, this is a form of prayer, this is worship, because it's us coming before the Lord of the universe pouring ourselves out and saying, but you're still worthy, you know, in the end you're worthy. And um and I think the big thing that I'm that everyone's looking for or the the big questions often underlying in lament is um, God, where are you? Or God, why did you allow this? Or um and so um and then one more thing about lament is the absence of shalom, which is um, you know, absence of his presence or just saying, God, I want your presence here, you feel far, those kind of things. And I feel like I had those limits a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to point that out before I answer with my my personal story. Um, with my first daughter or daughters, I should say, um, I was pregnant and my husband and I were kind of globetrotting and we figured out in Germany, we left America, sold everything. We thought we were moving to Sudan. Actually, we met living in Uganda. We thought we we're moving to Sudan. We sold I mean, everything. And so we were backpacking for three months, mm. and then we were going to move to Sudan and continue on with our track. And um, we figured out when we were in Germany and had a really big interview for us to maybe move to Sudan um, to do some work there, we figured out that we were pregnant with twins. When we left, we figured out the day before our plane left on this trip two months prior, you know, we knew that we were um, we learned that we were just barely pregnant. And so, but then we learned in Germany we we're pregnant with high risk twins. Um, and it's twins, mono, mono twins. It's where in, they're in the same placenta and the same sac. And it's just most of the time about half our lost the first trimester. And it's just a very high loss rate. We don't have twins in our family. I mean, that was just so, that was a lot to process. But we just went on um, through that. That's kind of an ongoing journey of grief and laying you know, mm-hmm. trying to not let anxiety and fear overtake me, but at the same time trusting in God's goodness in our life that He's always been there. Um, but we were just newly married. And so in the end, the the girls made it and were thriving um, as twins, which they defied all the odds until um, I had my twin baby shower. And that night as I was laying in bed, I just felt something in my spirit, like looking back, I think that was when I lost Olivia, one of the girls, the next day we're going to the hospital and maybe even talking about, um, going ahead and having, delivering then or in two weeks. And it was just the final steps. They were 29 weeks along. Mono Mono twins don't make it past 32 really. And you know, they, they generally will, um, pull them out and have them in the ICU at that point. So anyway, in that, um, went to the, had the experience that I know a lot of women have had you know where you go and the doctor just only sees one heartbeat and um, and then we had to we had an hour between where we went to see this other specialist and to see so we'd lost Olivia and Willa was still alive but they thought she might need a blood transfusion and and, um, in that moment I don't really think it was just me trying to change things but I really felt like God was going to still redeem it and that he was going to defy that and the doctors were going to see it and it was going to be a testament of him healing. And I'm not saying like I've always had that but in that moment I think in my spirit I was grieving but also just praying and um but we did end up losing Olivia and and um and then Willow was born her sister and she was just so fragile. She was two pounds, 13 ounces. And so then that was two months of her in the hospital and the ups and downs of that. And just, I think I was fighting for hope during the hospital because we'd already lost one. And I, so I felt so vulnerable to losing another and just, God, I know you're good, but I also know that nothing seems right about this, but we could lose her. And so um, for my husband and I, that journey was a very deep, deep Grief. I think you're in survival for the first couple of months, but when we got out of the hospital and then eventually were able to bury Olivia and have that ceremony and everything, um, it, it was one of those things that was a really deep thing early on in our marriage where it was a deep grief that it changed us. We were raw and less um, um, my husband was angry, processing it in his own way. And so, anyway, in that, I just think. You ask the way the way I've known that I need to limit, and it's normally kind of reminds me of what you're saying, I feel like I will grow silent in my soul, mm-hmm. or even like I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. But I know like I need to reach out to you, God. You're my only comfort, but I don't even know how to come before you right now, or you know, I am really angry or I am in. I'm devastated, and I don't really—I know that you can redeem things, but I feel like—and that the picture I had was that I was in the pit, the Maori pit. Mm-hmm. I was stuck, and I couldn't claw my way out, and, um, and just grieving so desperately, you know, and just like kind of suspended in this place where I just needed Him to lift me out, and I didn't know how to pray, and so— I look back and all I know in that time is just like, I know his presence was near, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a lot of words or answers. Um, And then that's really led to a whole journey because there was lots of struggles and probably lack of trust and having to relearn how to pray and things like that, that have been along our journey. I mean, there's still effects of that. And so think that something else I've learned is a lament isn't one and done. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like forgiveness or anything else. It's, okay, here I am again, God, or this is another layer, or I'm really triggered by fear now. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I didn't used to be fearful. And now in my parenting, I have a spirit of fear that, that came out of this loss that I'm having to fight because that's not of you. And anyway, yeah. on and on it goes. So... Um, yeah, continued on with all of the ultrasound and all of the babies. There's just so many things that trigger you, and then again, I just have to say, Jesus, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel vulnerable. I know this could go wrong again. Help, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, wise to know that it
1: is like an ongoing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've talked about this previously that it's not. I think in our heads and in our culture, we have this idea that. Like, grief is supposed to be this way, and you walk through these steps, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And it's not that way. Yeah. And lament is the same. Like, it's not um, It's not meant to be like, okay, I sit down, and I set my timer for 15 minutes, and I'm going to walk through these steps, and then I'm going to be done. Like, mm-hmm. there are times when we can lament well and times when we just have to do it then, and it can be different at different times, but I don't know that we're ever done. Mm -hmm. Lamenting, if that makes sense.
3: Maybe I'm wrong, but... Yeah, no, I think you're right, or it can be an honest... God knows. Um, God, I know you're good, but it doesn't feel like it right now. Mm -hmm. God, I love you so much, you know that, but I'm really angry right now, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. You know, I think it's that kind of thing. Like you said, it's... I think we feel like it's um, wrong, Mm-hmm. To say that to God are disobedient, but um, I, as I, as I've studied and dove into it, I've realized that I don't think that that's a right theology actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. If anything, he's the one. He's the one who defines what is right and good. Mm-hmm. He is right and good, and when we go to anybody else asking, like, is it right for me to say this to God, like. First, I should be going to God to begin with to know, like, is this right or good for me to say this? Mm-hmm. I'm saying it to you because I know that you know. Ultimately, He has the answers and, and the response that we need. Um, and I've, I find that when I lament to somebody else, all I'm getting is a platitude or a, yeah. Yeah. you know. not. I mean, walking with somebody through lament in a biblical way, I think, is right and good. But if I'm going to complain... Yeah, strictly to complain to somebody. Mm-mm. I'm
3: not. Um, I'm not being led yeah. to worship. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you just stop at the complaint. Yes, kind of stop a little short of the good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, Bethany. Yes, I, that's a really raw story of lament, and I love it. And I love your heart in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just reminds me so much of of Jesus because he was drawn to women who were lamenting, Mm -hmm. like who it was the worst moment of their life. And Jesus showed up like the women at the well and the woman who was about to be stoned. And Mm -hmm. I just think of these women that Jesus couldn't help himself, but to like run to them in their moment of lament and, um, He, you know, tells us blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, like he just loves, he's always near us, but there's something about being in that, in that place of just like despair Mm -hmm. where there's just nothing I can do. There's nowhere to go. (laughs) The pit, like you said, it's the pit Mm -hmm. and I like just imagine myself like reaching my trembling hands up and saying, help, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Or sometimes I'm just silent. I don't have words Mm -hmm. in this moment. And he is there. Like he's just faithful. We don't have to have words and we don't have to understand any of it, but he is drawn to us in those moments and it's just so tender and so kind of him I just, I'm a, just kind of astounded that that's his character, that he would want to be with me at my absolute worst time. Because I want to clean myself up for him and mm-hmm. I want to look real good and I want to do the things and be prepared yeah. and read my Bible and be ready to come and face him and look great when I'm doing it. And he doesn't want me like that. Yeah, yeah. He just wants me exactly as I am. And usually that's pretty broken and Mm-hmm. Sad or you know mm-hmm. whatever is going on. Um, I just I'm just amazed all over again that that's like where he loves to meet us, mm-hmm. and that's usually not where I love to meet people. Like that's a really <laughs> hard place to meet people in. Like that's yeah. hard to be with people when they're grieving or <clears throat> in a broken place or in struggling with sin and all those things. Like that's really hard to walk with someone through. But he's so capable and so willing.
3: He loves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes us uncomfortable, you know, <clears throat> when others lament. And sometimes it makes me uncomfortable when I'm in stuck in that season for a bit and it's not lifting. Because sometimes it feels like, to me, it feels like you're drifting out to sea. And mm-hmm. you get to the point where I feel like my biggest feeling often that I when I get to the point where I know I need to lament when I feel kind of just silent or just not anchored in mm-hmm. and I'm pushing away because those, those things don't just go away. And, and you feel like you're just going out to sea and like, am I going to ever make it back to shore? Yeah. Am I going to just be sand mm-hmm. that sifts through the fingers? You think like, God, I just want your presence. I, don't, I just want to know that I'm in your hand, mm-hmm. that this isn't random or that you can redeem. Or that you can bring joy again,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know that um, that I'm safe. That you know when those things are so big, you know, and like you said, it's that part of us that um, how you say you want to clean up and all that. That's how I feel like how I've told you before the feeling of I went to a prayer retreat uh, yeah. from our the one that they offer for um, the women at our church, which I'd highly recommend. And I mean, I showed up and was just God. I know you're calling me to listen to you. My spirit just feels like I'm having a hard time focusing, and I'm just overwhelmed, and I'm so sorry, and I just feel like a mess. But you know, just trying to, like you said, clean it all up and just mm-hmm. have hours to pray and worship and no, inter- no interruptions. I have three young kids. I think that's been a hard transition of like, that's what I used to be used to doing. And now, as a, a mom, it feels so disjointed and, like you said, messy. Mm-hmm. And in uh, any way in that, he just kind of spoke to me that even in the middle of motherhood, the middle of the messiness, that's, he wants to be in the midst of that, that we don't have to mm-hmm. host him in a way where we're sitting down completely focused with a cup of tea and the house is pristine, <laughs> like he wants to be a part of our life. But yeah. I think and we, we feel like we need to clean it all up,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
3: clean up our messy emotions and stuff in order to be in his presence. And um, it's a pretty... Deadly thought pattern, really, for our relationship with God. I mean, that will kill the intimacy. We might still go to church and stuff, but I think our head and our heart aren't going to connect. Mm. It it really uh, hurts your heart, yeah, to not to not see God rightly. To yeah. think He's drawn to us, you know. It mm-hmm. says, "Come to me if you're burdened and heavy laden, and I will I will give you rest." You know, or you know, cast your cares upon me. It's just over and over, so anyway
1: yeah yeah that's I love this where this has gone because the last time I was thinking about lament it was very much that way that I didn't want to like I wanted to have my argument like written out and Mm -hmm. like I wanted to get my thoughts together before (laughs) I took them to the Lord because I was like I want to be right if I'm going to do this and (laughs) I mean just immediately like you were saying like weep and mourn and like be humbled. And I was like, oh, I am just so humbled because like, who Mm -hmm. cares? Like, who cares if I'm right? If I'm standing before the God of the universe, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't want to be right. I want to be his. I just want to be his and I am. Mm -hmm. And nothing about the circumstance had changed. And I felt very like miry, covered in muck and yuck. And there was just nothing. Just nothing I could do to clean up myself, mm. um, and my husband walked in in that moment, and I remember thinking, like, "Oh gosh, she's a weepy mess." He's here, here he comes. My wife on the floor, puddled, and I was, was like, "You're still gonna love me, right?" He's like, "I, I love you now," and like gave me a hug. And it—that is not the point. But the point is that, I mean, even another sinful human. My husband showing me that, like, I didn't have to be lovable in the moment. Mm -hmm. Just be there with me um, reminded me that, like, God just wants to be with us. He just wants us. Mm -hmm. That's all he wants. Um, And he wants to do the cleaning. He wants to do, like, he desires. he he, He came to this earth to serve and not to be served. And that serving is not pretty. Serving is wiping somebody when they are dirty, and serving is cleaning their feet when they are covered in filth and grime. And um, if I don't grasp that, then I'm not really seeing who Jesus mm. is and what he wants for
3: us. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty beautiful picture of Jesus with you and your husband and how we can be that to one another. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's been times where I feel. With my husband, Wes, I've said, you know, come to him and I'm sorry, I've just been off or mm-hmm. short or this or that. And, you know, I'm sorry. I just, the way we see ourselves is often so harsh, yes. you know. And, um, and, of course, he sees those things if I'm struggling. But when he was just, same thing, like, I don't see that. This is who you are. You're mm-hmm. speaking into people or you're doing this and that. You're spread thin, you know, and just speaking identity and truth into me and I I think I probably would have bucked up or been fine if he was like yeah you have been a pain that's kind of what you would expect <laughs> that's what you're asking for i'm like yeah. just calling it out and being really honest and my heart's just been off and he's just was like you know and that just made me cry <laughs> that was because i was just thinking well that's how it is like By God's grace in that moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was seeing me as Jesus saw me. He's You don't, Mm. you know, we think of ourselves as Him seeing us as this heap and as this mess, but He knows the posture of our heart and He sees us for who we are, redeemed. Mm. He sees us pure. So we feel like a mess in that, but really we're pulling close, but also He doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. You know, yeah. that's often the voice of condemnation that is not of the Lord, that is in our head, that mm-hmm. the way we think He actually sees us. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a pretty cool that's picture. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we've talked a lot about lament and what it's meant to us, and I'm I want you to t- take us through the steps because we're going to post this in show notes. There's like a, I call it a grid. That's because I'm a very Very analytical and boring mind. Um, (laughs) um, But um, for those of us for whom this is a newer topic um, or something that we want to learn more about, um, this is a really great resource and I'd love for you to walk us through it.
3: Yeah, so the heart of lament is for sure to be raw before the Lord, not to just, like you said, try to have this eloquent argument or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can just say, this is how I feel. And to remember that the opposite of lament is denial. It's to deny how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, that is going to push us away from God. Um, And I think often we think, okay, this is one prayer in a five five or 15 minutes thing, but maybe a lament also could go over days where really... I mean, sometimes you would see in the Bible where they're in sackcloth and they were grieving and lamenting, lamenting, pouring it out for days Mm -hmm. before there was the term in the heart. So this is just to help understand because to me, I feel like for me to see, I need to see that lament's important in the Bible and that we're called to do it in order for me to put myself in this position. Mm -hmm. No one wants to lament all the time. And then also to see the the purpose of it, to see that it actually, for it to be worth it to me, I have to know that it increases my intimacy with the Lord and that it's pleasing Mm -hmm. to Him and that it's important for our spirit and that it changes us. So, Um, In the Psalms and everything, there is often where there's a certain pattern where they turn to the Lord or any person limiting really, but they would turn and then they would say their complaint and then um, ask boldly according to His character and then last place their trust in Him. Um, So, I'm going to break that down a little bit, but um, often in the Psalms or in the limits, if you just look through the Bible, this I think kind of like you, I... Skipped highlighting certain parts, <laughs> but now <laughs> you see it. And there's they write it out. It'll be written it out. The examples that we have, and then there will be a yet, however, and it will go from I I I mm. to you. The eyes are then turned towards Jesus, and there's this flip that happens. It's always just it's it can be surprising almost. Just it can be super super raw. Then flip, mm-hmm. you know. So the yet or so to begin with a limit. Um, you the first step would be turn. So, um, and so, in the address of a lament, you turn your heart towards God. You just stop and you can say, Psalms 5.1 would be an example, give ear to my words, O Lord, or, you know, God, please hear me out. God, here I am. Here I am again. Here I am desperate, you know. Then the next step is to bring your complaint. Um, so, a complaint Clearly and bluntly lays out the reasons behind the sorrow. I think I challenge you to really be blunt and not afraid to say it. Um, I think that often when I write, I still try to like say, I know you're good, God, but you know, but just to just say how you feel, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this in a heart that is humble mm-hmm. and honest. And we're not doing this just to complain. So you have to remember that. You have to be honest before the Lord. Um, and so that's the complaint section. And then you can ask boldly after that, you know, so. Um, and sometimes we limit together and sometimes it's someone else boldly praying over you when you're just weary. Um, is easier for you to almost borrow the faith of others mm. for yourself. But um, it's just speaking out things. This is why. Lament is very much a Christian response to sorrow. It's because we're speaking out things that we have seen in the Lord in our past that we know to be true. And so um, you can, as a daughter of Christ, we can call on God in accordance with His character. You say that you're steadfast. You say that you would never leave or forsake us, God. Don't forsake me. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And so you're asking boldly, um, you're my strength. Come quickly to help me, deliver me, rescue me, save me. And actually, those are all from Psalm 22, but we can identify with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last, I don't want to say this like it's an easy thing, but I think the last step is choose to trust. You can't just stay at the complaint. Um, The point is for our heart to turn to God, and sometimes it's help me in my unbelief, help me to trust God, I know Your love is everlasting. I know that it's steadfast. Um, I know that You put me in this place. That You're sovereign. Um, Sometimes to me, but God, help me to believe that more. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it's it's um, preaching to your own heart. You know, there's a quote that I saw. Your heart may say it's hopeless, but um, oh man, I'm bad at quotes. Essentially, (laughs) but you have to preach. You have to preach to yourself. Oh, your heart might say it's without hope. You have to preach, preach to yourself, and let yourself know there is a there is hope. Mm-hmm. God is going to redeem. Mm-hmm. God is going to. God is sovereign. He's going to win yeah. this battle. Um. So you can choose to trust. It doesn't have to have pretty bow in it. As our trials continue, okay, God, this I I don't see you in this, or this seems really distant, but I'm trusting in you because you um your character is something that is steadfast like you can't change you don't change Mm -hmm. so yeah turn complain ask and trust and just encourage you to the biggest thing would be to not grow silent that's for me when i know that there's an issue is whenever there is that silence or that push away to um to to push into that and maybe you don't have words my prayers often been just jesus help just mm-hmm. be in my midst. I don't even know what to say, but um, just to to push towards him. And in the end, um, the way I've seen lament in the Bible and what I've read and understood is often there. The trials continue, and like you said, that Carrie was talking about how the peace enters whenever nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, except for our heart and us knowing, like, okay, you still got me. And mm-hmm. so I think that in that moment when we're at that low place, is turning. Our, Eyes towards a savior who just scoops us up and who doesn't just leave us there mm-hmm. in an ash heap. You know, he he does care and he does meet us where we're at and he does promise that he'll give us comfort,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: yeah, despite circumstances. So that's kind of the yeah layout the format. Mm-hmm.
2: That's really helpful. Yes, incredibly. Um, I fo- so I followed something like that um, after a season of depression. And um, after kind of identifying depression, lament can be scary mm-hmm. um, because you feel like you might get stuck there because mm-hmm. depression kind of feels like you're stuck in lament or yeah. like, living that for a long time. Um, but I think that last step to trust, like know that God doesn't want me to stay there. He doesn't want me to be lamenting forever like there is hope and there is joy after it after it um so i wrote this when i was going through one of those times um i am overwhelmed by my humanity all the things i can't do or don't do well i was taught to excel for your glory but i'm afraid that all i do is fail this race i'm running is full of trips and falls and skinned knees when i get back up to follow you i'm surrounded by the eyes of anxieties My enemies are in my head, fearful thoughts slither to my ears. I feel the darkness and the dread weighing heavier and heavier, depression nears. Curled up, eyes closed, tears fall without a sound. Hiding with the enemy, he has me tightly bound. I am nothing, insufficient, incapable, undriven, imperfect, but the spirit whispers, imperfect, but forgiven." Forgiven by the only one who is able to forgive, and worthy because he made me his, eternally I'll live. Rescued by my, my Savior, he breaks every chain. I am able to stand tall again as he calls my name. Jesus' light removes the weight of all my doubts and fears. The senseless lies are now replaced with truth throughout the years. My hand in yours, you lead me. My eyes are fixed on you. We run the race together now. You always help me through. All praise and glory is yours forever, my Lord and my King. I don't have to strive for perfection. I'll live, obey, and sing. Did it without crying, <laughs> kind of a good. little bit. You,
1: I was gonna say maybe you did.
2: But,
1: <laughs> um, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: just and obviously, you don't have to rhyme. I'm just kind of like a cheesy person, and I really like to.
3: Rhyme. <laughs> he makes us artistic too. That was your way. That's experience. right. <laughs> it was yeah. a song. Mm-hmm. Is of your heart. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I I say this, I think maybe every time, who knows? The truth is like, it, it's just an honor. It's an honor to witness what the Lord does in the lives of people around us. Um, but it, I mean, this is a specific type of honor to be able to witness like the fruit of lament, if that makes sense. Like, mm the Lord did it. Like, it's not like Carrie wrote this beautiful poem and she like really showed it. like, <laughs> yes, you did. And I am so grateful that you did, but like the Lord did such a good, a good thing, um, to bring beauty from ashes. Um, and so I just want to say that I'm honored that I got to sit and have a conversation with you guys about this. Um, there, I'm sure there are a million questions and wonderings about lament. Um, and I mean, I'm hopeful we'll have another conversation about lament in the future, because I think there are a million things we could say about it that mm-hmm. um, as we continue learning will be great. But um, I'd love to end our time with a prayer of gratefulness, if that's okay with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, you are um, you are so creative and um, glorious in the way that you um, made us to... Reflect your image. Um, And today I'm grateful that um, you've brought two two women who bear the image of joy in the midst of uh, struggle, um, that bear the image of hope in a dark world, um, and friends who are um, vulnerable because they know that you are worthy um, and they want people to hear The truth that you are good and your presence is enough, um, I ask that we would be women who seek to know you and seek to draw close to you and are comforted by you and that we trust you enough that you would grow our trust in you so that when we feel hopeless or when we need to tell you the things that are heavy upon us, that we will run to you um, because you are near. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged in Equipped.